and that's going to create a better experience in our lives. All the things are going to manifest. But again, coming back to Job, Job created that inner wealth in the kingdom, in his faith, inside, in his mind, in his body, in his spirit, but that did not attract all the best things in his life. To some degree it did, but eventually it was all taken away. Welcome to the Comeback Experience Podcast. I am your host, Riley June, Master Life Coach and Behavioral Therapist. I am here to help you conquer your fears, hardships, and painful past in the name of Jesus through prayer, taking radical responsibility over your life, and scriptural encouragement. You can expect to say goodbye to your anxieties and step into your comeback season starting today. It's not about making sure you're ready. It's about one degree shifts at a time, day by day. It's time to rise into your purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life now. Let's dive in. Hello, love, and welcome to another session. Today, we're going to ruffle some feathers and just dig in and really get to the bottom of how manifesting and the whole concept of manifesting is truly taking you away from pure joy. Joy can only come when you are rooted in a godly place, in a holy place, because happiness is temporary, no matter what it is. If you think, or I'll go from this perspective, I used to think that once I had the money or had the relationship or had the vehicle or had the lifestyle, was traveling, had all the kids, whatever, that I would be fulfilled. And what I came to realize is that money goes away, Vehicles get damaged. Uh, Relationships have their hard times and seasons. Even in, you know, running my business online, serving people, I love doing this. I went into this realizing that there was such a need for people to receive more help. And through continuing my education and pursuing this passion of service, That didn't mean that all of a sudden my business was just never going to have low months or there wasn't going to be a requirement for understanding how to balance financial stability with higher influx months versus the lower ones. You know, chasing after the things that you want is different than having a goal. And here's what I mean by this. Human nature requires, like we as humans need to have something that we are striving for. Yes, faith is always the foundation of that strive. I really truly believe that it has to be in order for everything else to fall in alignment. But with that being said, so having a goal to feel better in your skin. Okay, well, it's one thing to just like put this like blanket approach over it or say, I want to have more confidence or I want to not be anxious or I want to not be overwhelmed. Okay, well, what are you actually striving for? Are you striving for more patience? Because God's going to tempt you with opportunities where you don't have patience so that you can find it in the moment to have patience. And when you are really hyper anxious and stressed, you're going to need to lean on him to find the strength to make it through that. If you want to be debt free, okay, well, what are you going to do in the interim, the actions that you're going to be able to take to allow you to actually do that. When manifestation becomes a trap for a lot of people is it's this promise of better and greatness where, yeah, in some 
some doctrines people teach like you got to take action and what you put out you get back but imagine the women and yeah just imagine the women the people who go into the world with that belief and then end up with something so severe and traumatic happening like a miscarriage or getting raped you mean to tell me that that woman that person put out some form of energy frequency sequence in the world to attract that to them that's terrible that is absolutely terrible it was a lot of these more extreme examples that really caught my attention to start recognizing the behavioral pattern behind how entrapping the law of attraction and manifestation really is now i want to bring this into a deeper context because biblically a lot of people will state that well the bible backs up law of attraction and the bible backs up manifestation and so there's some particular verses i'm not going to go into all of them because there's quite a few where this can look to be true right the the enemy is a great deceiver and so he will use the very thing like the name of jesus to persuade you into believing that you are accepted in serving yourself versus serving the one true god so genesis 1 it basically goes into and god made the beast of the earth after his kind the cattle after their kind and everything that crept upon the earth after his kind and god saw that it was good god our father is not only the creator he is also the master architect and designer the principle is referring to everything is created twice or thoughts become things in the law of attraction. We were created in God's image and likeness. Therefore, he empowers us to be like him and manifest miracles in his name. Here's the problem with, well, really, quite honestly, all of this. God in this same seat with scripture, it is often taken out of context because they'll take one line or one verse that's very empowering or very open-ended and it will be turned into this thing like thoughts become things now there's a degree in which that is true right the environments in which you surround yourself with the, the conversations in which you have the things that you are learning the things that you're subjected to will influence the way that you think the way that you behave the way that you respond and then will naturally become in some aspects part of your reality but that doesn't mean that everything happens in that form and it also doesn't mean that everything you strive for is going to actually manifest either right again extreme example think of the woman who has struggle conceive to um, struggle conceiving uh imagine telling her well you know your thoughts become things so eventually it's going to happen what if god has willed that woman to not be able to bear children what if it's on her life purpose and plan that God has designed for her to adopt or to mother over other children or to go and to be a mother in third world countries by going into schools and teaching and showing that love and that compassion, right? And so who are we to say that we know better than God? Now, again, strive for a goal, absolutely, but don't be so close-minded to think that you're just going to create everything. Because in this particular example, before and after, God also speaks to how we as humans, he placed these things on the land so that we have dominion over them, so that we can feed ourselves and so that we can live a healthy, balanced life. Equally saying that, to take that context and say he empowers us to be like him and to manifest miracles in his name. We manifest no miracles. The only one who performs miracles is God himself 
through Jesus Christ. It is just as plain cut, clear and dry as that. Well, it's not that it's dry, but Jesus is the one who creates miracles. We do not manifest anything. Even those who are not of faith and not of great belief, they can also experience miracles. The other thing to think about that is not often expressed or acknowledged is that when we put ourselves in this position to inflate ourselves to God, right? He created us in his likeness, but he also sent Jesus to save us because he knew that we would fall short of that holiness and that righteousness when left to our own understanding. So when we are serving God or not serving God, then we have to be serving something, right? So we're not serving someone, just like we serve the law by not speeding so we don't get a ticket, not murdering so we don't go to jail, right? If we are not serving someone, then we are serving something. And ultimately, if we are not serving God, we are serving the enemy. Here's another one, Romans 12 two, And be not conformed to this world, yet, uh, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind, that he may provide what is good and acceptable and perfect, the will of God. This verse and other verses in the Bible teaches us to reframe our thoughts to align with the will and the word of God. True. Yes, it does. In the law of attraction, this concept is called cognitive reframing or reframing thoughts from the negative thoughts to, to into positive ones. Here's where this already starts to take a turn for the worst. It is creating this concept and idea that you are still the one who performs the transformation. It is taking away the glory of God and placing the onus on ourselves. Again, yes, we need to have personal accountability. But at the end of the day, it is our devotion, it is our servitude to God, to Jesus, through the word that is changing our lives. Here's one more. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I love this Bible verse. It means that our thoughts shape who we are, so we must guard our thoughts. This is true. Where our attention goes, our energy flows. With that being said, that also is inflating the idea that we are creating. Everything has already been created for us. And so it's taking away that praise that we are meant to give to God and diminishing the power to a single imperfect human being. This is probably the most quoted verse by those who believe in both the Bible and law of attraction, because at first glance, it may seem that the law of attraction is only about focusing on positive thoughts, and there is so much more to it than that. However, everything we do and don't do begins with a thought, and our thoughts reflect where our heart is and who we are becoming. That is true. God teaches us to set our minds on things above. Yes, because that will result in actions that are in accordance with the things above as well. Here's where this statement is wrong. God teaches us to set our minds on Jesus, not on things above. God teaches us to set our minds on Jesus because that will result in the actions that are in accordance with Jesus, not things above. You see, it's so easy to take you know, prosperity Bible has become a, a huge thing right now, just where people are um, professing all of this prosperity over people's lives. What if it's in God's plan for you to have a lot of financial struggles in your life? Or 
Um, prosperity doesn't necessarily even mean financially. It could be just a, your will to go through this in-depth, entrenching spiritual battle of poverty so that you can be an example of what like Job, the book of Job, where he starts off with everything. He has all the animals and he has the beautiful family, all the kids and the wives and the, the wife and the friendships and good meals and all this kinds of stuff. And then the devil comes and says, I bet you I can persuade him to not be this righteous and faithful man that he has been all his life. And even in the depths of everything being taken away, taken away from him and getting this disease that puts painful boils from his head to his toes covering his body, Job still chooses to be faithful even when he doesn't understand why all these terrible things are happening. Imagine telling Job, well, just put your faith in the Lord and it's all going to work out. Well, that's not going to bring his dead children back. That's not going to bring his slaughtered animals back. That's not going to bring all, all these things that he's lost back. But ultimately, at the end of the day, having his faith in Jesus is going to allow him to go into the eternal kingdom, which is the treasure. Law of attraction teaches you to value and to attract wealth on this earth. God says wealth might be a part of your experience on this earth, but ultimately your treasure is in the kingdom on the other side. The kingdom of heaven is within Luke 17, 21. This will be the last one that I use. Our, in our Christian faith, we know that we believe and act not, of, not for this world, but with an eye to the kingdom of God. In this verse, we learn that within us, God has planted the seeds we need in order for his will to be done on earth as it is in kingdom, uh, as it is in heaven. We do not achieve solely by our own efforts or by our own thoughts, but through God's will and grace. This is true. Where law of attraction to take, take something like this, it goes, the kingdom of heaven is within, meaning that the the kingdom of heaven is within us so we have to cultivate this inner wealth and this inner knowledge and this inner connection to god and that's going to create a better experience in our lives all the things are going to manifest but again coming back to job job created that inner wealth in the kingdom in his faith inside in his mind in his body in his spirit but that did not attract all the best things in his life. At, to some degree it did, but eventually it was all taken away. Your future is unpredictable, meaning you should strive for goals and betterment and improvement and all these good things because if when you do good or when you, when you have a more faithful life and you're blessed with even more, you get to give even more, right? God doesn't call us to come into his word and to serve ourselves. That is what all law of attraction is all about is the service of ourselves. God calls us to come into him so that we can go out and serve the world with the word. And that could be even being a living example of what that transformation looks like. It doesn't mean you need a soapbox and a microphone and a corner and a Bible, right? You don't have to become an evangelist. But even through the supplementation of the Holy Spirit filling you up, you go out and you give a compliment to a stranger. You feel called to pay for the coffee for the person behind you in line. You, you know, are a more patient mom. You're a more loving wife. You're a better leader in work. You have more grace and compassion. God calls us to fill ourselves with him, 
with the Holy Spirit, with a mind on Jesus, so that we can go out and serve him and spread the good news of him. Not so that we can just attract all these meaningless things that we can't even take with us to the other side. Um, I find it so fascinating how with the law of attraction, everything about it is self-focused. And when we lean into that, we look at one of the Ten Commandments being broken by that very concept, and that is self-idolization, idolatry, worshiping ourselves, putting ourselves above all else. How many times in New Age do you hear people say, well, I am made in God's likeness, so meaning that I am like God. No, you're not. No, I'm not, right? And it's so interesting because when we inflate our egos in that way, we're not submitting to God because he literally rebukes that very line of thinking. We are submitting to the enemy. And so naturally, we're going to cause our own suffering. And I've seen this time and time again, even with my clients, with myself, in, well, why isn't this coming true? Why isn't this coming to fruition? Why haven't I attracted this yet? Okay, I just got to have faith. Got to have more faith. Okay, well, why isn't it coming? Why isn't it coming? Well, maybe if I do a little bit more work, maybe if I say more affirmations, maybe if I, maybe I need a reading. I need some more readings. Oh, maybe if I learned another modality. Oh, I'm just not doing enough breath work. It's like, it's exhausting. And the reason that you get into that hamster wheel trap is because it's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling to always be chasing things of this world or a belief inflated within yourself because you're always limited to your own perspective. So then in all the new age spiritual stuff, it becomes this battle between, oh, well, it must be something of my past or it must be that I don't have clarity or it must be energy blocks or it must be that, you know, I'm not doing enough work. It's like, What if you just don't actually have faith? What if you're just not rooted in the right place? What if you serving yourself all this time has been the thing that has led to your demise? And I find it so fascinating because for those who are not of God, not of Jesus, who aren't spending time dedicating themselves or their lives to the word, the story for them in their life is the same. A constant lack of fulfillment needing to convince themselves that they're grateful, always feeling overwhelmed by the state of the world, getting persuaded and dissuaded to focus on global agendas or lashing out at other people, very um, very reactive versus responsive, typically tend to fixate on something being always imperfect, carrying a lot of shame and blame and guilt and doubt. And then in this ter- internal battle of like, oh, I just, I just got to figure this out. That survivalistic mechanism kicks in because there's nothing greater that you're attaching yourself to that is going to help you to not just improve your life, but to go out and be a servant, sharing the good news of the best of things in this world, which is Jesus, the best thing in this world, which is Jesus. He's not even of this world. So, Take some time to really think about where you are fixating on this concept of manifestation and law of attraction today and really ask yourself, is this helping me? Okay, maybe you've gotten some really cool things out of it. You know, I built a multiple six-figure business with law of attraction manifestation and I also lost that business. I lost that income because of realizing that it really wasn't serving people in the capacity that I had originally thought. And so coming to Jesus, it wasn't that God said, you know, damned is you for teaching people this stuff. I'm going to take it all away from you. No, 
He said, I am providing you with Jesus, the most important thing that there ever is. And in order for you to really be able to go out and be of service to me, to live out the destiny that's planned for you, I need to strip you of your attachments that you have so that you can be transformed in the heart and serve me purely, wholly, truly. And so I look at that and I say, okay, And within that attachment to this multiple six-figure business and serving people with the teachings that I used to, I also didn't have a lot of financial responsibility. I also wasn't being very accountable to my behaviors and my, my personal health. I also wasn't communicating very well. I was fixated on making this business work until I realized that it was actually a crutch for me. It was actually going to be my demise in some way, shape, or form because it was ruining the other areas of my life. And if your life isn't improving as a whole, meaning that your heart isn't transformed as a whole, you will always suffer. You will always suffer and struggle in some area, in some way, shape, or form in your life because you're not improved as a whole. Your heart has to be changed in order for everything else to change. And that's going to likely look very different than the things that you have and experience right now. But God has a plan for you. He gets to take you through this journey of understanding how amazing and loving and merciful he is when you lean on him to get you through even the hardships of your future. So... I hope this episode brought a new perspective to you, helped open your eyes to ways where you can step back and think about where you're leaning on the idea of manifestation, law of attraction to improve your life and come back to recognizing that Jesus is the only way, truth and light, and that in him you can be saved and live a more anxious, free and joy-filled life instead in Christ. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.